Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Uh, good to be here, and remember everyone, an apple a day keeps the Phyrexians away. Squee McGee getting you caught up on the meta traffic with a weatherlight report. Bringing you the beat in the street. Then we have the head of the team, CMD Tower himself. Well, he just <laughs> had a step away to pay for bagels from Chandra's Bakery. I, they're always burnt from there, I don't know why he keeps going back. Well, anyways, thank you for tuning in to your number 12 source of Magic the Gathering news. We are excited to one day be nominated for an Emmy Cruel, one could hope. Well, we're going to start off the top of the cats with the latest in carnage that ensued with games on Sunday with 40 live and a dash. Half Chub, five person game. Once again, war dominated. I can't believe Half Chub is working. We're just talking half about this. Half Chub's fantastic. It is, it is a better Oathbreaker. You hate it. Just put it on record. Mr. Combo number five, you hated it. <laughs> When we first started playing. <laughs> but yeah, so Ward dominated, of course, and he was piloted by Forrest Day 2 Wong. Oof. Just wrecked. Really? What yep, just he, he wrecked him Ralphed. Was it was it because that it he wasn't got, so when I did it, it was gobble gobble gobbles. Right. This time it was expels. Oh, okay, because so he got the expel half. That's that's how I play my ward. Copy Comet Storm like four times yeah. for 80 damage. Yeah. yeah, he basically just wrecked on that. <laughs> nice. So uh Squee, did you have an exciting game that you want to talk about? Other than getting housed by said Forrest Wong. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but I will say the last one that I want to talk about is recently on Bruise and Builds, our other podcast. They talked about Sisse Weatherlight and her adventures looking for gods. Well, this god deck pulled a win out of her undercarriage. Opening hand, two Aber duels and Gaddock Teague. Nothing else. Sure, I'll keep that hand. <laughs> Ten turns later, no land. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you serious? But. Gaddick How did it keep Teague you alive? Shut down Savine, the flashback commander. Yep. And SRAM. Will was playing my mono white vehicle oh, uh, transformer deck. Forrest uh, Day 2 Wong was playing Savine. And pretty much. Savine out of the box, or does he have his own? No, I, I have a tuned. And you my gave it to him. One, okay, yep. gotcha. And basically, uh, Gaddick T kept them in check the entire game. And then, you know, I was sitting pretty, and then I got the lands, and then Sisse killed them with command damage and back to back turns. Wow. Ouch. Yep. That's absurd. It was absolutely <laughs> absurd. Once I got the mana, I had a sword on her, I think. It might have been Blackblade Reforge. Right. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I used uh, Wooberg to go get out a Xenagos God of Revels. Nice. Doubled the power and toughness <laughs> and gave Trample. So, uh, Unbelievable. yeah. It's a nice little stump. Absolutely. I think, so I think that's really surprising because I thought about it a lot after we recorded that episode. And I think that's a deck that Gaddock Teague and Lavinia, as much as I hate to admit it, I know. are actually fair. Yeah. It works. It actually works in the deck. It's not just thrown in for some arbitrary reasons. It's not a stack deck. And nope. I think this this illustrates a good point where a two drop can save you for the entire game. So, yeah. It, it was pretty sad because for, because, yeah, I had three to play. So for six turns in a row, give or take, maybe seven, I had to discard cards. And it was like, what god do I want to discard? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, gee, I don't know all what the, to all do. The, all the masterpiece <laughs> ones because you can't read them. <laughs> Well, guys, that's 40 Life and a Dash. Now we're going to swing on over to Big Tuck's Budget Corner. A penny save is a penny earned. So I don't have a whole lot to talk about because I've been uh, out of town, so I haven't really been keeping up with things. But yesterday when I was on Amazon, I was actually ordering my own Merciless Rage Commander deck, and I noticed that the other decks 
are extremely inexpensive right now on Amazon. So, mm. for for example, the Phaseless Menace deck, which we've all agree is pretty good out of the yep. box. You can get that for 34 bucks. And the, I would say the Faceless Menace deck, guys, is one that if you have a friend you've been trying to get yeah. to play EDH, is easy to play out of the box, but it's complicated enough to where they actually have to read the card. Think, yeah, it's, it's not just here's stomping. a mono here's a mono white deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to your point earlier, Savine is only 31 bucks, which is pretty great. It's trash. I haven't I haven't seen it played. Uh, but. It, it got played three different times on Sunday, and Gaddock Teague lockdown aside, it just could not do anything. Even even with upgrades. And I, ha- really. I have tuned it, I think, about as best as you can get wow. it. Wow. Just because um, it's a weak ability? or It's Because, I mean, Spellslinger is usually You got no good. ramp. Yeah. So it's very slow. And <clears throat> if Savine's not active on the battlefield, what There's are you There's nothing to going do? on. Yeah, yeah. that's fair Sounds enough. like a dump in the dumpster fight. Yeah, so, pretty much. But and then, hey, it fit, it fit one of my Path of 32, so it's going to stick around. No, there you go. Then Primal Genesis, which I've also heard out of the box is pretty good for an intro deck, is $37. And if, I think that's the one with the Goblin. That's the one with the Goblin. Yep, so that's pumping that up. And then Merciless Rage, the worst deck that everyone said is 44 because of Kirk. Yeah, which is crazy. That's the only one I wanted, and I actually ordered it. If you can right now, go pick up Faceless Menace and go pick up Primal Genesis at least while it's still under 40 bucks. For reference, everyone, Kirk did drop in price. 1560 though, still, for the car. So, so yeah, it was 30 bucks during uh, the spoiler season. It's hard to tell with that, though, because it's never going to get reprinted again, right? And some cards, like the Attractions of the World, hold their value so well. Yeah. It seems like he's going to be a big leader and a big player in mono black. So if you have the $44 lying around, you get a dumb, terrible madness deck that I've I've actually never even seen. Yeah, and I've actually you, seen a bunch of the other content creators that tried to make Angie and eventually gave up. Yeah. I know the Commander Smiths tried. Uh, we chatted a little bit on Twitter about it, and I still, to this point, and I think we mentioned this in a Bruise and Builds episode weeks ago, that Olivia, the discard, is still yeah. a better madness commander, even though she's not necessarily madness on the body. So. And that sounds like a challenge for success. It is, and, and that actually, I do have an Olivia-fronted vampire deck that okay. was gifted to me, so I'm going to try to see if I can make there some swaps go. and stuff, but then I'm also going to swap the one out for Zur that we talked about. There you so, go. So I'm very excited. So anyways, that's the budget corner there for you. All right. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse, what's the plane chase? Command Zone was a big hit at Magic Fest Vegas. For Which is the you. first and only time it's happened so far. Right? Correct. Yes. And if you're not familiar what Command Zone is, it was $99 for insert so many days pass, basically however long the Magic Fest was. You would get a foil Mark Teton promo soul ring. This is for $99? $99. A dedicated area for EDH games, and you got three or four on-demand tickets, which you could cash in. They would put you in a pod. The cool thing about Vegas is that you would randomly get to play with potential EDH celebrities. I personally got to play with Jimmy from Command Zone. I'm coming for you, Jimmy. So sensual. I'm coming for you. And then I also got to play with Gavin uh, over at Watsi. That was very neat, but basically you get to play a random pod, and you get some ticks, which ticks can be cashed in for prizes. Personally, the ticks are worthless when it comes to the command zone area just because you can't accumulate enough to actually go get anything of value right it's going to be maybe get a booster pack or two mm-hmm. but you're not really doing it for that you're doing it for dedicated edh area because from what i understand past magic fest people would get booted from tables left yep. and right and you also get that foil martin and promo soul ring which to my understanding 
is still selling for $180. And I actually got mine shadow signed by Mark because he was actually there at Vegas. I don't even know, want to know how much that's worth. Sign me up. Yeah. But that's basically what Command Zone is. Wizards saw the success. They sold out. They decided we're going to have this at every single Magic Fest moving forward. Sweet. I believe starting in October. October, November timeframe. I, I don't know the exact Magic Fest it's going to start at. But basically, that's going to be a dedicated thing. So I'm just kind of curious, Squee and Big Tuck, what are you guys' thoughts on a dedicated command zone area at every Magic Fest? I think it's a great thing. Like you guys had talked about in previous episodes, going out there and not having necessarily yeah. a lot of people to play with and being able to sit down at tables and, and meet new people and get a new EDH group going is a fantastic thing. I agree. And, and again, like we talked about previously, I just remember when I went to Denver, casted a pretty broad net here. A lot of people at Magic aren't exactly the most socialites out there. Yep. So sometimes it's hard to break into groups. A lot of people that go to these things like we did came with a big group. It's always harder to be a one person going into a group of six people when they all know each other and they have insider sure. jokes and they got plans later and all that stuff. I actually loved the experience of playing Commander with the ticks and all that stuff and how it was organized as well. So I think that's really cool. The only downside, like I said to that, is when we were doing it, you're just grinding all day, every day. And there's really no time to breathe. There's a lot of people who I had met during the different events that I did where I thought they were really interesting or they had really interesting decks or they had stuff I wanted to trade with. And then as soon as it's done, you shake hands and you're kind of off and milling around sure. and like trying to eat, trying to go get water. You know, what do I need to do now to make sure that do I'm ready to see for fresh another? air? Yeah, right. Do I so, see the sun for the yeah, first time yeah, today? Right. Then your skin just burns. <laughs> I think the idea of just having this area where it's just Commander, and if you want to participate in things that have prizes, you have that option. It's awesome, and it makes me actually more interested to be like, okay, well, there's a Magic Fest, you know, in Omaha, two hours away. Ah. I can see you got there for a weekend and see what's going on there. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's a really healthy thing for the community. Yeah, and I so, think the price point's fantastic mm-hmm. as well because you can yeah. go in for $99, you get, you get your money yeah, back. you get your money back immediately. immediately. Yeah. And $99 is not going to break the bank to go to an event like right. that and meet new people. And I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Kind of contradictory, you would think this would make it easier to find games. It actually only makes it easier to find tables. What I saw in Vegas is, at one point, there were six tables that had little signs saying, looking for games, someone sitting there shuffling their deck. Six different tables, six different people sitting by themselves <laughs> no one was willing to go up to the next person and find a game and i actually experimented with this to where i would go and say hey can i hop in very easy to find a game and then i would actually go get the looking for a game and i would sit there and see how long it took me to actually have people come over to play a game and it took 40 minutes wow for people to come over and the people that came over were just naturally charismatic canadians they, you know, they were just like hey I, I don't even know how to talk canadian Oof. <laughs> are you sure not from australia <laughs> So, uh, you know, I I think it's something to where they still need to help tweak it. I don't think my idea would work. My personal idea would be, yes, you have your on-demand pods, but I think as you get there, it's like, are you wanting to play or just mess around with your deck? I want to play? Okay, here we go. We got this table someone, here. And they someone just, kind of guiding them around. They, yeah. I think the judges should immediately push them into a pod. And then that and it's basically doing an on-demand event, but without any price ticks. Right. I think that's the way it should be done because that's just a challenge. And then the other thing that was uh, an issue, and I know that the community's kind of scoffed at this from what the rules committee created, but rule zero, being able to discuss power levels at the table. Oh, there were yeah. many games at Magic Fest Vegas to where, you know, I would be honest with people, be like, hey, you know what? My deck can usually win turn six to eight but if i win turn three it's by a fluke it's right. not something that's tuned for that and i'd get people like oh why it's your i'm a seven or eight two and it's like oh okay cool so we play deck and then they're comboing turn three oh, trying to yeah. win so i would play the politics game you know something that josh lee kwai is very good at is 
I want to get the eyes away from me because I know I can do some stuff, but this person's actually doing broken right, right, things. Right. I need to educate the table. So I would do that. And they'd be like, well, what are you doing, man? He, you're the threat. And I'm like, you're literally about to win and you're not playing a competitive deck in your mind. Right. So that is also something that's an issue. And Magic Fest Vegas, they tried to solve that. They actually had a CEDH flag in the command zone area to say, hey, if you want to play competitive, yeah, you can get over, over here, there. Yeah. Everything else is just supposed to be fun, casual, or I would say competitive, but not combo turn two, three. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, granted, there is there is nothing that can solve that. But that was something else that was kind of concerning, because I could see a lot of people seeing this command zone area as a way to, well, I don't really have any friends in the Magic community. Let me go play EDH with some of these strangers. Right. And then I get pub stomped multiple times in a row. It's the same issue that you have with going to an LGS. Uh, Yeah, right. It pushes people away from the format. No, I agree. They could make a threshold of possible commanders that would go into only competitive formats and then have the rest of the commanders. It's, it's, really, it's really hard to say because, like, for example, I'm on the cusp of building a General Tazari deck, mm-hmm. but it's a allies General Tazari deck. But a lot of people, if I sat down at one of these festivals, or a more tangible example for us is the Zer deck that I have. Yep. If I sit down at a table and I'm saying, uh, I'm playing Zer, immediately everyone's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> killing you, destroying you, and everything you have. Yep. And it's hard to say, like, no, trust me, this is a casual, like, yep. cycling deck. I swear to God, I can't win. It'll lock anyone out of the game, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's hard. And, and you know, and I, th- I think, I, I don't know if there's a way to do it, but the way that it should be done, because me and Big Tuck did experience this at Magic Fest Kansas City. We didn't have Command Zone then. We had the Commander Fanatic package. So yeah. we did the grinding for the ticks. And we did come across, you know, a kid that tried yeah. to swindle us for our ticks. Fuck that guy. Uh, and he did. <laughs> and he yeah, did. Not only, but not, not all of them. He wanted to play for all not, the ticks. Not, not only did he try... He did. Swells out of our t- <laughs> and so, you know, those scenarios, you know what? If you come across it, you come across it. But I think this kind of fun, casual area where it's just, I want to play 15 games today, you shouldn't have to come across that. What's the solution? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. And again, if you have a judge who's watching all this, it like counteracts the idea of it being a free open play. Because then you got to go find a judge to like do these sort of yep. things. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, and again, I wasn't there. So it's it's hard for me to come up with an immediate remedy besides just be nice to everyone else. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. again, people don't play it. And then, and the next point I'd like to make on the command zone is the promo soul ring. Sounds great. Everyone loved it. It was awesome getting Mark to sign it. It's a sweet art. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, Soul Ring hasn't had new art since the 90s. It has two. It has the one from the 90s where it's burning. Technically three. We got Burning Man. We got the one that usually comes up the commander yeah, the next. New one. We have and then the Masterpiece, Masterpiece. And now we have this one. Right. But for the most part, two arts right. throughout that Magic That you see history. out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was great. But the things that I'm seeing in social media and throughout other content creators, the rules committee, is wanting to get rid of fast mana and EDH. That is yeah. been a topic of conversation. So that's been, that's always been a, that's always been a cornerstone of. That's but always been an argument. What's going to happen? How big of a feel bad is that if Soul Ring gets it's banned? banned. And you literally paid the $100 for that command zone area for that soul ring. And now it's worth nothing, a.k.a. Paradox Engine. I still feel the burn. True, that, but that would feel terrible. I, yeah. I would agree. If Watsy really felt that way, it doesn't. I but don't they care. claim I don't, that the rules can be I don't care what anyone says. They are hand in hand. That's controversial opinion, but I stand by it. It's the only way that makes sense. So I have a very hard time thinking that Watsy A is continuing to print commander products that have it in it, right? Sure. There's some it that it's an archetype of the format and now they're literally printing them as money to give out to people sure to me in my opinion with that that makes me less worried about a soul ring ban they might ban something else that's does something similar like a mana crypt but, but no like, one but like not many people play because it it's an 80 dollar card sure so I, I don't know i could see it go either way right i think the fast mana 
it's a very touchy subject. So sure. you can't just ban one card. Like if you're if you're going to actually do the fast mana, you have to ban like Soul Ring, Mana Crypt, the other zero drops, Mana Vault. All of them have to go yeah. all in once. And then everyone's just playing Battlecruiser EDH from three years ago. That was really sure. popular. We're like Druidic Satchel is the best card in the deck. Yeah. So it's it's hard. There's another I, point I don't know. too as well on like the time frame of a game too because if you get rid of fast mana you're gonna make your games go from an hour and a half two hours to three hours. But four see hours. a lot of these a lot of these kind of like Saffron Olive is a big one. Uh, you know he's talked about how they banned it in their play group on Command right. Clash. Mm-hmm. Command Clash there are no soul rings mana crypts things like That's, that yeah. and they think it creates a better experience. Health, yeah, well I can see that. Yeah. And again it goes back to the idea the core idea of Commander like I said their mission statement or whatever is that they wanted to create social fun, interactive, memorable games of magic. And they say that if you want to play these fast super games, there's a bunch of formats for it. So fast mana is kind of counterintuitive to that idea. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know what I mean? It's also a tough field too with creatures because then you're starting to look at things like Land of War Elves and those type of things that are also ramp cards that you're going to have to start wiping out a huge amount of cards. And to your point, like if they ban Soul Ring, how many more green splash in decks are going to come in? Where it's like, okay, well, I can't play Soul Ring, but I can play 16 elves that sort of do the same thing. Yeah, sure. you can play green and mono black all day long. Right, yeah. So that's I, fair. I, it's, it's, it's hard. I don't, yeah. think there's an, I don't think anyone has an easy answer to it. So all I will say, if, if it's becoming a problem in your playgroup, that's the way to fix it. That's a fair point. On the last section for What's the Plane Chase, we're actually going to talk about the specific Commander Fest announcements. So if you're not familiar with that, Watsi has decided that this is so popular, Commander and EDHs, which I think we've all known that for a while. Yep. It is their best format, even mm-hmm. though it might not be the biggest moneymaker for them. It is the most popular. I would agree. Uh, they're going to have dedicated Commander Fest, which are basically Magic Fests, GPs, but only Commander is played there. Pretty sweet. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I absolutely love it. I think Commander has been underutilized in Magic in general just because of the competitive aspect of it is is more social and and less on the one-on-one and comboing out and that type of thing. That's That's frowned upon in Magic. So I think in Commander, having that type of place to go and play and see all sorts of different types of decks is great. Yeah, I would agree too. As someone who went to Magic Fest Kansas City and just played Commander, this argument is immediately null and void. I think that playing these other formats, your drafts, Modern, I'm not so sure about. Playing a draft, playing a constructed event there. I don't know what they call them, sealed, I guess, where you get the packs up. I think they do make you a better player. But the counter argument to that is even if you want to do that, just go play at Magic Fest. Yeah. If you want to play Commander, Mm -hmm. just go to Commander Fest. You know, the way I kind of look at it is I don't think they're ever going to remove Commander from Magic Fest because they have the command zone. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just right there. It's going to be there. It's going to be there, right. So in theory, this sounds great. But honestly, I don't think EDH needs its own fest. And here's why. If they wanted to do these in cities that don't have Magic Fest or in areas where there's not a Magic Fest near it, then I'm all for it. Because I do think EDH is more popular than all the other right. formats combined. That is a good point. Have it in local markets. Let's just say if Kansas City did not have a Magic Fest this year and the closest one to us was Chicago or Minneapolis. I think Kansas City then would be a prime target to have a Commander Fest, Fest because right. then mm-hmm. people from maybe St. Louis could drive over right. or, you know, Kansas, you're going to have people from Iowa. It's going to get more localized players hitting that larger player base that didn't have an opportunity to go to one of these other places unless they wanted to shell out plane tickets yeah, or plane drive tickets or a drive day. A gazillion hours and, but they're not. The Commander Fests are going to be, for this year now, it's a new thing, Seattle 
Chicago, D.C. You know what? I guarantee all three of those areas had Magic Fests. <laughs> yeah. So why no, do they yeah, need Commander Fests? Well, and it's even more stupid because, like, there's no point in having it in Seattle. But that's where Watsi's headquarters. Yep. It already has Card Kingdom, which was one of the biggest resellers in the planet. Yep. So that doesn't make any sense. Living in Chicago, there's humongous LGSs there. And I'm sure you guys have SCG Fest mm-hmm. there, too, uh, as well. I think the closest for us was Madison. Oh, okay. So I don't think they had a big one there. But it's just like. It's stupid. It's basically big markets are double dipping. Well, what and like, why wouldn't Chicago just have a Magic Fest now that it has a command zone, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to get the same mm-hmm. players there. There's a huge undercurrent of modern other people who don't give a shit about Commander who would still go to Magic Fest to grind out, try to get to like the bigger GPs or whatever they sure. call them now. That may be the reason why is that they know that there's something close enough to those bigger areas that they don't want to have an even bigger influx of people coming in who are competing at like the Barcelona level, like Forest Day Too Long. That's the only thing I can think of because if they had a Magic Fest in Chicago, it would be sold out, packed to the gills. But that, I don't know. I think it's dumb. If they had one here that was in Des Moines, Iowa, like a Commander Fest, it's like, sure, I'll drive three hours or yeah. four hours or whatever to Absolutely. go play that for a day or two. Because also, you got to imagine the people that are probably in Des Moines and further didn't have an opportunity to go to a Magic right. Fest. So now you're getting new players coming in, mm-hmm. which is great for right. Wizards. That's awesome for business. But if you're just having, because what's going to happen, let's just say there's a Magic Fest in KC and a Commander Fest in KC, but yeah, there'll probably be a lot of Commander players that are like, man, I can't shell out another yeah, I can't, I can't 150 bucks. Ways. Yeah. You know, not everyone is a content creator and not everyone creates budgets to attend multiple magic events every single right. year. Not everyone has that. A lot of people, it's a one-shot deal. Right. Doing them in those markets so stupid. Brilliant. I wouldn't go to Chicago for Commander Fest. Yeah. I would no also shot. argue that people in the lesser markets or, or less populated markets are probably playing Commander more because they don't have a competitive lead to go play in. Right, yeah. yeah. And it's cheap. You're, you're and probably it's... not shelling out the amount of money you have to shell out to play Legacy, yeah. Standard, right, yeah. Modern, those especially if there's games, not, so. especially if there's not like a qualifier. Yeah, if I was in one of those smaller towns, towns and I was playing a game, I'm going to grab four of my friends. We're going to play Commander. I think right. that, that's yep. only logical you're, sense. Yeah, you're, I think your smaller markets are probably more kitchen table magic yep. opposed to local game shop magic. But also, one of the big selling points to Commander Fest is that they're going to have special guests, EDH content creators there, like Sheldon Minery, right. the professor. How much more is that going to boost your popularity if they're in these smaller markets with they probably never get to see people like this? Right. Versus Chicago, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, I could give two kicks who right. you are. It doesn't I, sit. It doesn't sit right. I only have one way that this could be possibly good: tournament. One mm. thing that obviously Watsi is pushing is brawl. It is basically standard EDH, sixty card singleton with a general. If this is a way to introduce brawl GP play through these commander fests, then I'm actually for it because having because they already have standard modern. Legacy and Limited as headline GP events. If you added in another one, that's just way too much. Yep. And I'm for Brawl being a competitive aspect where, hey, if you're CEDH and you really want to do that, think how cool that would be. I would actually go to a Commander Fest to maybe go watch during one of my breaks some of the top EDH Brawl players duke it out. That'd be really, really cool to see. The only downside is that Watsi is devoting so much of its time and effort into Brawl. I understand. Because because they came up with it. It wasn't something that was user-generated. Again, sure. like, I used to play Tiny Leaders like crazy. But that was just a user-generated format. Same thing with Oathbreaker, right? So That's how we feel about Half Chub. Yeah, right. Yeah, our favorite. Watsi's already put so much time and effort and is printing decks. I think they're not seeing the forest for the trees, right? Sure. Like, people aren't playing Brawl. <laughs> but imagine if it actually had GP or Planeswalker points and it was for GP. I bet you people would start there's to play. People, there's people... Forest would play but it, but Brawl it, but it if would it be was the, GP But it'd be points. the same people who are grinding GP points doing modern and that sort of sure. stuff, right? So, but it would bring in, because honestly, I would do Brawl 
but I wouldn't do standard. I might, you know, obviously do modern now that I'm thinking about getting into that. But I think you will have those people that grind the GP points and they're going to do whatever yeah, format. Anyway, it can be solitaire it. and it'll be like, all right, I'll do it. It would bring in some people that, hey, I'm just going to do this. I just like the, I just think the command zone just on paper is just a better idea. I agree. Yeah. I'm just thinking that having GP brawl is the only way to make Commander Fest make sense. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, if, they, if, they've talked about how they're going to have a scavenger hunt thing to where it's like, oh, you go find this, yeah, or do you this, this, beat escape. this person. Yeah. I think they're trying very hard to really cash in on the EDH side. I think there is a way to do it right, but from what I'm hearing right is, now, I don't think this is it. Like I said, the command zone in MTG Slam Fest dunk. is awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. This other Commander Fest, I'm not... Not buying it. No, and I haven't read either. Now that you mentioned the locations, like yeah, it seems, uh, it seems like yeah, the grass major cities doesn't make I mean, sense. I'm I am considering going to the Chicago one only because for my actual real job, I have partners that are based in Chicago. That's where their headquarters is, and it's like, yeah. can I make the timing work to where I could fly up on the company dime and then pay for my own hotel for the weekend and then fly and back home? That, yeah. So and even that's a luxury for most people right. that they don't, don't have, have travel right. expenses. Exactly. Like, yeah. like I said, content creators will flock to this stuff because it's you know it's some people they do it for the job that push their brand. Uh, yeah. But you know, for I think the everyday Joe, uh, it's really a poor idea. Yeah, so. I agree. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for the what's the plane chase now we're gonna segment over to the weatherlight report coming to you live from weatherlight chopper forum squee mcgee and this is the weatherlight report we are currently receiving news that a criminal commander is out on parole currently terrorizing the skies of edh i'm also told you can find him hurling dragon balls across the planet in his spare time announcing the once band now he's back kakusho the evening star oh good one He's a great commander. Yeah. I only see 65 decks listed on EDH rec, which is disappointing in my mind. He seems like he can bounce in, bounce out. He's begging for that big daddy man that you our, talk about in those episodes, as well as just the mono black type of set graveyard shenanigans. You our, can get. our very own bearded Australian, Alex, has one of these decks, and it's filthy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got so much potential to read the card out for those who don't know what he does. For those playing the home game, if you will. Indeed. He costs four colorless and two black. He's a 5-5 legendary flying dragon spirit. And he reads, when Kakusho the Evening Star dies, each opponent loses five life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. The biggest thing for me, I don't understand why people don't play this card. I know he was banned in the past, and maybe that had a negative effect on what's going on with his abilities. But being your commander, even if he gets exiled by a path to exile or another type of card, he's going to fly out. Come right back to the command zone. You're going to have enough mana to bring him back if you need to, and then yeah. restart that engine. So, so. I, I think the biggest thing on Kakusho, just my two cents, is that he has to hit the graveyard for yep. play. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And when he is your commander, it's a big gamble because there's a lot of graveyard hate mm-hmm. out there. And so if you build the deck around him without, I would say, 25% of the deck dedicated to getting him out of the graveyard, then he just doesn't work. That's why I think in yep. the 99, he makes more sense mm-hmm. because, you know what? Because I actually have him in a couple decks. Sack him. Everyone's going to lose a bunch of life. I'm going to gain a bunch of life. But then if I can get him back, great. If not, my deck doesn't fall apart. And I agree. There's one card, which we might talk about, which if you can get it and land it and stick it, makes it, and you have an outlet for it, makes this borderline unbeatable. But I agree with that as well. Like that dice clause is so big, right? And we've talked about this before, and, and we've had arguments around this. Just the fact that it does have to hit your graveyard. Mm-hmm. You're leaving it. It's a little precarious, right? But Absolutely. it's definitely a glass cannon combo. But mm-hmm. Swee McGee, why don't you tell us a few cards of why you think this card is a sleeper? And they all play to your point where you need at least 25%, if not more cards that recur from the graveyard. So in my counting and the way I would build this deck, I found 30, 40 plus. 
Yeah, at least right. fair to bring that type of thing back with sack outlets and graveyard shenanigans. So the first card I wanted to talk about was Strionic Resonator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the that, Resonator. That yeah, it's a, a two card artifact. It reads two colorless tap. Copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for that copy. The the reason fresh I off love, the reprint dragon too. Yeah. <laughs> Three dollars. The reason I love this is you double up his damage. So yeah, yep. for every single person that takes five, they're going to now take ten, and for every person that takes tens, you're going to gain ten. ten. Yep. And, and to clarify there. It's actually loss of life, which I want our listeners to really keen into. There's a lot of cards that say prevent damage. damage. Mm-hmm. Kukusho gets around that to where they have to have things like Platinum Emporium that say your life total cannot change. But outside of that, you're draining them and they can't do anything about it. So those Glacial Chasms nope. do nothing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Charlie. But no, I like this. Two mana instead of gaining 15, you're gaining 30. 30 instead of draining for five each, you're draining 10. No, I think I think it's awesome too. So again, anything that has a triggered ability that you're building around, uh, the resonator is definitely a slam dunk, and especially now you can get it for a buck. Oh, oh yeah, everything on this list. I will tell you the cards that I'm talking about today are under fifteen dollars total as the whole. Awesome. So I have what I have. I have one guess. Can I guess it? Oh, please guess it. Okay. I, I I almost guarantee you're not going to hit it, but let's see. I have one got. called Corpse Dance. That is not on here. Okay, never mind. Moving right along. All right. Well What's your next card, Squeamy Gee? The next card I want to talk about is Dread Return. Which is Classic. a sorcery that costs yep. two colorless, two black, reads, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a flashback of sack three creatures. There's just so much value that you get out of this card, so you can activate Strionic Raisonnay the first time you bounce them out of the battlefield. Yep. When you bring them back again, you still get the additional five. You gain all of that life back Absolutely. from however many opponents you're playing against. I think it's just a slam dunk in this deck, and there's countless cards that do this type of effect. And this card's so good, it's banned in modern. This is a great card. I, th- I think it fits what mm-hmm. Black wants to do. You know, the only only thing I don't like about it is that it's sorcery speed. Yeah. I wish it was, it was instant. instant speed. But you know what? Something very simple that can solve that is have your Velduck and Ori in the deck. Have some way <laughs> <Sure>. to <laughs> have some way to give flash. You, you laugh at that. But you're trying to build around, obviously, a legendary creature that has, from the community's perspective, not be successful as a mono black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having a Velakonori, yes, that's a slam dunk card in every deck. Sometimes decks just need, need that. It, yeah. Very much like in a past Bruise and Builds episode, we talked about Vile Smasher. That deck needs a Velakonori because of or so effect. many big sorcery or, spells. Or a, so the Vile Smasher one, the Leyline does the same thing. Correct. This, unless you're build, you can't have you a can't Leyline. Have a ley line so you have this. to have that. Yep. So, all right. No, I think it's a good pick. What, what's the next card? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the sorcery speed, so I have an instant for you. It's called Supernatural Stamina. So for one, oh, yeah. I repeat, <laughs> one black mana. It is an instant that reads, until end of turn, target creature gets plus two plus zero and gains when this creature dies. Wow. And that is yeah, an effect that works with him because he does die. When he dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. <laughs> I like That's it. so good. What the hell else could I ask for? I think, there's another, I, think there's, I think there's another card that does this because there was actually a really degenerate popper deck that had eight of these abilities and it generated infinite man. It was just, wow. ins- it's like some sane Rube mm-hmm. Goldberg machine of how you okay. put it together. But yes, this one's really, really good. <laughs> and, and I like it because it's an, until end of turn. So you can cast it, you can swing with them, deal some damage, then sacrifice them. Or if they decide to block mm-hmm. because they don't want to take the damage because you, maybe you've drained them a couple times right. already. Okay, well, he dies. He's, you're going to lose life anyways. And then I'm going to get yeah, it back and then possibly do it again. And again, so. it's at an instant speed. So yep. you're completely, it's instant whenever speed. he's taking damage or dying or on when he's right, sacrificing. What the board wipe's about to happen, yep. and it's one mana, so you could leave one mana open in black, and it's not going to be that suspicious. Right. Correct. Yeah, and then there's a new one There's a new one that's Kaya's Ghost Form, which is oh, an yeah. enchantment that Great. does the same thing. Whenever an enchanted permanent dies or is put in or exile, is put into exile, 
So that that even helps if it does get exiled, then you get it back in. Yep. Um, doesn't really help the commander circling around that, but that card, those abilities in this are king. Yep. Like being able, it dies, you bring it back, and you keep the cycle going. Fantastic. Yeah, you brought up a great point as well that I think people underestimate with Kokoshu is use him to attack. Yeah, he's still, yeah. still a 6-6 six, six like, Your second or main five, phase five is flyer, your best right? friend with this card. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Just pumping him up, attacking him, getting him back, well, and, and making like, him die is a fantastic way to go. And like with thing. this card, it literally says return to the battlefield tapped. So it's yep. like, well, why would I do this in my main phase right. and then sack him? Right. And then he comes back tapped and I can't yeah. do anything with it. I might as well swing, get something in. Right. Uh, you you know, want him so. to die. The whole goal of this deck is to kill your commander. Yeah. Right. All right. What's the Good next pick. one? So the last card that I have here before I kick back to the Action 4 desk is a classic from Urza's Destiny. Named Apprentice Necromancer. Oh, yeah. 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 I, be- I believe I have zombie. this in a Shirai deck. You sure do. <laughs> it's a 1-1 black zombie. It costs a colorless and a black. It reads, one black tap, sacrifice Apprentice Necromancer. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature gains haste. At the beginning of your next end step, sacrifice it. I yeah, love holy it. Yeah, shit. it's on board. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, once again, second main phase action, because you want to yep. swing with Kukusho, try to do some damage. You sack him to whatever your sack outlet is. I'm draining it for five. Then I'm going to sack the Necromancer. He's going to come back out. And you could do that whenever you want, as right. long as mm-hmm. he doesn't have summoning sickness. So this could happen during another person's turn, where maybe you need the Kukusho to be a blocker. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. come yep. in. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's an innocuous card. Card. No one's going to waste removal on this. It's just going to sit there. Even if they see what's coming, they're still going to be like, okay, it's a one-time effect, right? But that 15 points of damage, I mean, it's a 30-point life swing every time this happens. So being able to do that, like you said, at the instant speed, you have the defenses back up. Yeah, no, this is a this is a really good drop in it. This deck, to me, has a ton of potential for a very small budget. Yes, most yep, of these yep. cards are 80, 90 cents, a dollar, two dollars. Most at of these most. cards is what we would call draft fodder. Correct. You would yes. have gotten them in limited. They've probably- been great in limited, but there's no home for it anywhere well, else. Well, and especially this one where it's like, this has gotten downshifted to an uncommon. So if you open it, whatever Ultimate Master's box, you're guaranteed to have some of these lying around. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Commander itself is now only eight bucks, so yep. this could easily be a fifty dollar build. That's, Absolutely, that's definitely uh, aggressive and attacking. And a lot of the black ramp cards are also cheap as well. You don't sure. have to spend yep. a lot of money on a dark ritual or other cards like that. Yeah, right. That's once fair. you get him out on the board and the engine's running, I could foresee this winning in two turns. Once you get him on the field, yeah. you have yeah. enough Very cards well to return him and get him and bounce him, so you can do five, ten, twenty, thirty, forty dead. Yeah, that's easy enough. Add All it right. up. <laughs> Good pick, Squee. Good job. <laughs> well, that's all I have, so we're going to kick it back to the Action 4 desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Well, guys, thanks for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower himself by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, and sharing. Without your support, we would probably still exist, but be very, very lonely. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 news team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with your team at cmdtower, at Mr. Combo number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, and maybe in the future, Big Tuck and Squeak can finally migrate from their Alta Vista accounts. <laughs> from your MTG Action 4 team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.